0: Gracious and loving God, as we begin this new journey of learning to find our way through the Psalms, we pray that you might guide us each step of the way, help orient our lives to you, help us find you amidst loss and desperation, and help us see you through the journey of our lives and where we've come from and where we're going in our future. Speak to us this morning and throughout these three weeks together, and it's in your Son's name that we pray. Amen. Amen. So I'm going to piggyback for a minute uh, just off of the children's moment, if you will. I was recalling my lost moments because I was thinking a little bit about my experience now, not when I was a child, but when I was a, a parent or now that I'm a parent, not was. And so a, a big shout out to all of you parents who parented without cell phones, first of all, okay? Um, because that experience is definitely different now when kids can have you know, a phone with them or a watch with them or different places. But you know, there was a, a stent when Grayson, who's our middle child, um, we would go in, the, in Target and the grocery store, and of course, you know, as a three or four year old, he would get distracted at moments. And all of a sudden, you know, we would be moving he'd be looking at a toy, and then he, if, if we were like 15 feet away from him, he would like panic instantly and just start crying. Is said, mom, dad, where are you? Where are you? And just like stressed out that he couldn't figure out where we were. And I tell you that because kids are just so different, aren't they? Because my oldest child it's just completely the opposite. And so we were at the Alani hotel uh, back in June and we were there and Hudson was just so excited because there was water slides and you know Grayson stepped on a bee and so all of a sudden I had to like take care of that situation and then Hudson was nowhere to be found, right? And I sw- I spent the next 30 minutes searching around for him and I like looked everywhere on the pool deck and of course it's on the pool decks so we're stressed out Ashley's up dealing with Stella, helping her take a nap, and I was just panicking about where in the world was Hudson. And then, you know, 30 minutes later, out Hudson runs, right? Happy go lucky with his inner tube and he goes, Dad, this place is awesome. And I go, Hudson, I've been looking for you for the past 30 minutes. And he just was clueless about the idea that he was lost, right? I think that sometimes we have both of those tendencies, right, going on within us, is that sometimes, you know, we might find ourselves in a situation where we're just stressed out. We can't decide between colleges, between jobs, between moves. I mean, wherever it is that's in us, we find ourselves in this inner turmoil that we don't know where we are. We go through a midlife crisis, and we're trying to figure out who we are and what's meaningful in life, And, and, and we're just, like my middle child, panicking, trying to figure out the place that we find ourselves in. And then a lot of the time, at least I know for myself, I find myself kind of like happy-go-lucky, dancing around, doing my thing and my routine, and not necessarily aware of how lost I really was in the moment, right? Throughout history, the Psalms have played this role in prayer, but also in sort of finding our place of who we are. Uh, uh, prayer throughout the history of Christian tradition has been a a way in which we seek guidance, a way in which we find discernment in life. It's been like the, one might argue the foundation on which we build our faith upon is the idea of prayer. And the Psalms are known, well known, as the prayer book of the Bible. Um, Problem is there's like 150 different types of, or different psalms in there. But we're going to be going over the next three weeks on just like an introduction preparing us for Lent, which is a time of prayer, by looking at what's argued three categories of the psalms. And so we're going to look at three categories of the psalms and uh, Walter Brueggemann, who's a, a well-known uh, Hebrew poetic scholar, uh, he splits the psalms up into these three categories. He says, there's psalms of orientation, psalms of disorientation, and psalms of reorientation. And you might have no idea what any of that means, and that's okay, but that's kind of where we're going to be going about how the psalms speak to us and how the psalms guide us, especially as it relates to prayer. But before I go any further, I, I want a minute just to ask a question about what is prayer? And so just in your, in your mind, just think about it for just a moment. And, and if you would to have to give a, a literally a five-word max response to the question, what is prayer, what would you respond as? What would, how would you respond? Someone walks up to you on an elevator, finds out you're a Christian and says, you know, I've just been wondering, what is prayer? what do you say? <laughs> I said it in your head, Bernie. I said it in your head, Bernie. But you gave the right answer, because that's what I was fishing for. <laughs> no, because I asked this question uh, of a church uh, previously, and I, I had a, a respond to it, and then we sorted them out. Um, but by and large, one of the responses is exactly what Bernie just mentioned, talking to God, right? Uh, in fact, Billy Graham, uh, many of you have heard of Billy Graham, um, he said that uh, prayer is simply a two-way conversation between us and God, just, you know, talking to God. And that, that's great, and I like that, those easy answers, but as someone who wasn't raised in the faith, when someone started to tell me what prayer was and they told me that, it's just talking to God. Um... I remember the first time I prayed, I, my prayer was something like, so I don't know what I'm supposed to do here, and I don't know if you're talking back to me or what I'm supposed to be doing right now, but I guess I'm going to attempt at this. And you know what never happened to me? is what normally happens in conversations. Someone talks back, Right? I never got that experience. And so if you've ever wondered to yourself, I'm waiting for that booming voice from heaven to speak like it did from the burning bush to Moses, know that your pastor has not had that moment either, even to this day. And in fact, I think it's one of the most confusing pieces about prayer, right? Because prayer is supposed to be the simple, easy thing that we talk to God and we get guidance and we do these things. But ultimately... We don't, it's not the same as normal conversations. There's something different about it. And then when we do talk to God, or when we do find ourselves praying, it ends up being kind of like a, a letter to a distant relative, oftentimes. You know, if you were to ask someone to pray out loud, it would be like, Dear loved one, right? I'm so happy of where my journey has taken me so far and, you know, I've got this thing going on in my life and, you know, it continues on like you're writing in a journal to uh, this distant person. And, and, And more often than not, what I have found, at least as a pastor, is that people are more confused with prayer than a lot of other areas of their lives of faith. Because they don't exactly know the role it plays in their faith, and they don't exactly know how they're supposed to do it or what they're supposed to do, other than perhaps the Lord's Prayer, which Jesus teaches us how to do it. And so this book of the Psalms, I think, though, is an opportunity for us to look about what is prayer and perhaps how might it be used in our lives, And so the first week, what's surprising about our psalm this morning is that it's not simply talking to God. In fact, what it is doing, though, is giving words of adoration to God. Words of adoration to God. Of God's steadfast love, of of the great things that God has done, and sing praises, all you heavenly hosts, and you can talk about it from so many different angles, and there's so many different psalms that are, in fact, what we would call psalms of orientation, And I think that the the role that this plays in our lives is both the role that it played for Grayson, my middle child, and Hudson, my oldest child, right? Because there's times when we're desperately trying to find our way and to find our trajectory and to get guidance and to move forward. But we're helplessly lost, crying out, trying to figure it out. And then there's other times when we don't even know how lost we really are, when we don't even know how lost we really are. And rather than tell you all the things you need to know or need to say in those moments, the most important thing that Psalms of orientation teach us is where to look. The psalms introduce us, psalms of orientation introduce us to the direction we're supposed to look. I remember we were out at the North Shore uh, looking out, trying to find the sunrise. We're on the Laie side. I always forget how to pronounce that. And so uh, my mom and I, because my mom were up there, we were up early with the kids and um, we're trying to figure it out. And we had our uh, our phones out, of course, right? And the compass, you know? Uh, The problem was is that, the, the compass on her phone was looking over here to the sunrise and the compass on my phone was looking over here to the sunrise and, you know, we couldn't quite figure it out. A, a good compass points you in the right direction, right? The Psalms of orientation, of praising God, point us in the direction from where our trajectory will come. It points us into the trajectory of the God that made the entire universe. It points us in the direction to listen and to talk and to have those conversations. But sometimes prayer can look like a lot of different things. Sometimes prayer can look like searching for guidance in the wrong places. Sometimes prayer can look like me talking so fast to God that I can't be, I can't imagine anyone giving a word back, you know? And it's often about all the things I need, right? Oh God, I need help with uh, my finances. I need, you know, sure as heck need to figure out how to be a better parent. Or, you know, I need just to do this. I need you to help me find discernment. And I'll just keep on going, you know, going and going. But Psalms of orientation talk about finding our direction in the one who made everything but you know the problem is is that if you're like me you find yourself either looking down at your phone too much right Or getting random calls from all the people that, you know, need you for something in work. Or, you know, all the friends that want to do something. And you find yourself in this sort of hustle and bustle and moving from one thing to the next. That I don't sometimes even take the time to look in the right direction. I don't even take the time to look in the right direction. And and, uh, I have... Duke and UNC on my mind, uh, and I'm a basketball fan, and it's because uh, Duke won yesterday. And so whenever Duke beats UNC, I try to put it into my sermon at some point, so you can know. It's an amazing game. But I was also reflecting on my experience in downtown Chapel Hill, where everyone told me I was wearing the wrong color blue, right? Because I went from the dark Duke blue, the right color, to the light blue. Anyway... ESPN, when they, you know, went into the game yesterday, it was at North Carolina, they fly past our steeple that was there, right? And they take the video of the steeple, because it's not actually the chapel on the hill, but everyone thinks it's the chapel on the hill, because of course the Methodists, when they decide to build, they we're gonna build the biggest and the tallest one, so everyone knows who we are, right? And they built this giant steeple. And I, and I remember the, the trustees were working out... Um, refinishing that, and then after they had spent, you know, some crazy amount of money on refinishing it, someone was like, we need bright LED lights just to light that thing up and to make it as uh, fancy and bright as anyone could ever. So when ESPN flies over, everyone will see our church, right? And I remember sitting down with them and I said, this is great. I I have no problem with, you know, making facilities better. Um, But the problem I had was that on the street, where all of the students would walk on their way to the basketball stadium, stood a sign, not too uh, unfamiliar to our sign right there. I don't know if you've ever taken a moment to notice our sign, right? We uh, have covered up something in duct tape, right? And the duct tape is like falling off of the sign, right? And so most of us, like, we know where we're going, and so we just drive right past it. But other people, you know, they, they notice that. And we in Chapel Hill had this very similar sign. It was like right there on the front, like Main Street, and it just had mold all over it. It had like it was dirty and hadn't been painted. And I was like, guys, you can't even get these college students to look up two feet. Do you think that they're actually gonna look up to the steeple to see how beautiful and bright the steeple is? First, get something in their eye level. Paint the sign. Because, you know, and they're not unfamiliar from us. What is it that it takes us to kind of get God even in our eye level sometimes? Because we get so busy and so confused that we get caught up in this tizzy trying to figure out where we're supposed to go and what we're supposed to do. We don't know how to pray. God doesn't seem to talk back in the booming voice. And we don't know what books to read. We don't know, you know, what counselors we need to go to. We, and we just find ourselves desperately lost And the whole time, this prayer book has a guide for us, not giving us the answers, but these psalms of orientation direct us, give us that compass of where to look. And and I don't think it's too surprising that most of these psalms have a lot to do with nature and silence and remembering and reflecting. Because if we find ourselves so busy that we are so talking to God so heavily or we're so busy and so confused and we're lost in this tizzy, sometimes we just need in prayer to slow down and aim ourselves in the right direction. Psalms of orientation remind us of the good and loving God that created the world. That sent God's self to us in Christ. To be with us. Even when we couldn't find our way. The book of Proverbs begins. You know, Proverbs is this. Right, wrong, right? Do this, do that. And you think it's simple. Simple but it begins with a more convoluted, complicated story. And it talks about Lady Wisdom speaking over the rooftops. And you know, of course the people on the streets don't listen to Lady Wisdom's voice. And it even depicts them going from door to door trying to figure out which house to enter. And there Lady Folly is welcoming them in. When the whole time, Lady Wisdom, God was speaking over the rooftops. And they were so busy that they wouldn't even heed God's voice. Looking in the doorways that presented them right in front of them versus looking in the right direction. So as we start to move into Lent and prepare ourselves, I know it's a month away, right? But even now, what do you need to do to look in the direction? I know sometimes that's worship, right? Coming to worship. Sometimes it's just carving out five minutes. Five. To sit in silence. Sometimes it's spending time, you know, you know, blowing off the dust of that book called the Bible sometimes. <laughs> Reading it. Maybe I invite you for these uh, next few weeks to read some of the Psalms. If you really want to go, go uh, crazy, you can be like the Benedictine order. Read seven a day and get through it in a month. <laughs> break, break up. They're short, five minutes. I don't know you, you know yourself. And we just spent time talking about being authentic and being who we are and centering ourselves in God's love for us as who God made us. Now let's spend a little bit of time focusing ourselves in the direction of God so that we might find our way. So I invite you to take on some practices that help you do that. Even if they're just as simple as reading a psalm a day. We all, I think, find ourselves in these two places oftentimes, desperately lost, needing help, or completely ignorant of the fact that we're lost. But both of us can seek out to God, remember all the amazing ways in which God has revealed God's self throughout all of creation, and then sit in that place.